0: Okay, if I can uh, invite you, if I can invite you to end your conversation, take a seat and we're going to be looking at God's word together. I trust you are well, I've been away for, Helen and I have been away for a couple of weeks, glad to see you're still looking happy and well without us, you've on very well without us. And um, it's great to be back. We went to the Lake District and did lots of walking. And we went to Paris, did lots of walking. You know, one day we walked 14 miles in Paris. That's over a half marathon of walking. My feet were exhausted. It meant to be a holiday. No, it was, it was a wonderful holiday. My feet are just recovering. It's great to see you. It's my privilege to speak this morning. My name is Matt, my privilege to lead the team here. And if you'd like to turn in a Bible to Luke chapter 6, there are some Bibles on the side. If not, then uh, I will just re- I'm going to read it anyway. But please do turn to it because it's a wonderful text of Scripture we're, we're going to be looking at today. It begins, so we're going to be looking at Luke 6, 27 to 42. And just as we look at this, I want you to imagine you're looking into a mirror this morning, or the modern version is a selfie, right? Okay, you're doing a selfie this morning, and as you look into this word, it's like looking at your reflection, and I want you to think, how well am I living up to the standards that Jesus is teaching here in his word? And we must be honest with ourselves about it as we look into the mirror of God's word. So let me read to you from John 6, 27. But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. That's quite a big hurdle, isn't it? Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who ill-treat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others... As you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. Even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. If you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that? To you. Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, because He is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful. Just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. He also told them this parable. Can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into a pit? The student is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank that is in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take the speck out of your eye? When you yourself see, when you yourself fail to see that the plank that is in your own eye, you hypocrites! First, take the plank out of your own eye, then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. This section here is part of as we've been looking at over the last few weeks. Phil and Nev have spoken to us. We saw a couple of weeks ago where Phil was speaking where they appointed the 12 apostles, the leaders of the church who are going to write the Bible for us that we are to listen to and we are to obey. And last week, Nev spoke about blessings and woes, the kind of things that God blesses and loves to see in his people, and woes, things he dislikes to see in us. He loves to see humility in us. He hates to see pride in us. This Sermon on the Plain is very similar to what we read in Matthew chapter 5 through 7, which is a, a fuller recount of what we call the Sermon on the Mount. And there's much material that goes between the two, and it's well worth reading the Sermon on the Mount and comparing it with the Sermon on the Plain. But this is basic teaching for Christians. And this is stuff that we should all. As Christians, if we are Christians, you may not be a Christian this morning and you're very welcome to be here. But if if you're a Christian, we should be pretty familiar with this basic teaching of Scripture. This is the basic discipleship course of Jesus Christ. This is his manual. You know when you do your driving test, you... You do all those tests and you have to do, that, do those, the manual tests. You also have to, have to do the theory tests. This is like the test. This is, this is Jesus' teaching on us how we're to drive in our lives. Basic teaching stuff, the Sermon on the Plain. And we can see it today, can't we? There is an awful lot of stuff in here. And there's no way I'm going to be able to cover all of it this morning. And if we should go away, shouldn't we? And we should study this more fully... Read it more carefully. Pray into it. Use my blogs this week. Use the devotionals that will be on our website. Hopefully they will help you to get a bit more deeply into these words. But in summary, the lesson that we are learning from this today is this. Jesus wants to teach us about our failure. Jesus wants to teach you and me about our failure. And our freedom. Those who fail us and lead them to freedom in Christ. Firstly, God wants to teach us about our failure. We have failed. We should be humbled by these words. Scripture should humble us as we look into the mirror of God's word. All of us should be leveled to the ground in Humility. Last week, Nev spoke about blessed are the poor, blessed are the hungry, blessed. And these are these are more spiritual traits. They're about I I am I am poor in spirit, Lord. I I, I am not a prou- I cannot be proud before Your Word. I cannot be proud before a holy God. Now, if I compare myself to others, if I compare myself to people over there who who I see as failing and. You know, that's a cheap shot, really, isn't it? Look at yourself before God, and you'll see you're a failure like me. And this is the first thing Jesus wants to teach us about our failure and then go on to learn about our freedom. Wow, it's amazing, Lord. You've forgiven me, and you accept me, and you adopt me, and you justify me. You give me Jesus' perfect righteousness now. And as I look into this mirror, I see both things I see I am failing you, Lord. But I see that you are loving and accepting me, Lord. And that enables me then to be gracious, doesn't it? To the world that we live in and the people that we interact with who may insult us. And may, you know, we tempted to, dis- dis- to dislike and judge. We can only have a healthy Christ-like relationship With those in our lives, at work, at home, in church, in our neighborhoods, in our streets, towards politics, towards anything. We can only have a proper, healthy, Christ-like relationship when we are humbled and we know we are forgiven sinners. Then we can treat others with the grace with which we, ourselves, have been treated. You've heard the phrase... I don't suffer fools gladly. The fool says that. The blind say that. People who have no self-awareness say that. Because I am a fool. I am a fool. My thinking, my, my heart, the way I am internally. I tell you what, I am wretched on the inside. If you knew the things I think, if you knew the way I feel... If you knew my doubts, you would say, Matt Beanie, you are wretched. Whatever you insult me with, I tell you now I am worse. And God knows it. And he accepts me, forgives me, justifies me in Christ. And then he gives me the power to change. And he does the same for you as well. So Jesus firstly then, in this text, teaches us about our failure as we look into the mirror. Now, that sounds unkind. Now, I've come to church this morning, Matt, and you're telling me that I'm a failure? Really? I come to church, I want to feel good about myself. Well, say, well I want to be honest with you guys. I mean, if you know yourself, you know you're failing. If we look into the mirror, of, you know, a normal mirror, we, we can see our blemishes, can't we? Right? I don't know if you look in the mirror and say, yes, I've arrived. Yes, there's the perfect figure of a man or woman. You know, I'm going to take so many selfies today, I'm going to share them and bless this world. <laughs> well, you may think that well, unfortunately. But no, I don't. You know, you take a picture of yourself, you smile, you think, look at the state of me. Look at you, Matt. Now I know you look at me and don't think that, but, but I, you know, I think that about myself. You look in the mirror, we see our own failures, but I mean, before God's holiness and his word, as we look into that mirror, we should see our blemishes. It reveals our failure. And that's the first thing these words should do. They shouldn't just say, be like a rod for our back. Do this, do this. Come on, do this. Now, don't get me wrong. We are meant to do this. But firstly, it humbles us to see that we're never, ever, ever going to do to others as we would want them to do for ourselves. You see, Jesus' teaching here is saying we should teach everybody as we would teach our, treat our most loved ones. Now, you may be married, you may not be married, but who do you love? You may have children, you may not have children. Who do you love? Think about the people you would, you would give your house to. I'll give my house to them. Yeah, I'll give it. Up. They could have my house. Yeah, they can have my clothes. Yeah, they can have all of it. Yeah, yeah, I'll give them my money, I don't mind. I'll empty my bank account for them if they needed me to. Who would you do that for? There must be someone. Maybe there's not. But for most of us there is. There's someone like that, there's people like that. You would empty your bank account gladly for their good. Would you not? Now Jesus is saying, be like that to everyone. Ah, <gasps> what's Am I, are you, I don't know. If you, stand up if you're succeeding at that this morning. Now, this, this is what drives some people into, into monastic life. It drives some people into the desert to go away from community, to get, throw everything away. They get rid of everything. But even then, when you go far away and you get rid of everything and you're living with nothing, you still feel like... Have I arrived? Have I, am, I still, am I yet loving people as I should? No, you're not. you never, ever. Every, every day, we are still sinners saved by grace. That's who you are. That's who we all are. So that means that's how we should treat one another. You know, we, we treat each other as sinners saved by grace. So... This leads to that poverty. Blessed are the poor in spirit. I am poor in spirit. Do you think you are going to go to heaven and God is going to accept you because of your good works? Do you really think so? Well, let me me just adjust your measure. Love everyone like you love those who are most loved by you. Love everyone like your closest family and friends. Love everyone like that. No, I've adjusted. That's jesus's command for you now are you going to be saved by your good works no you are not we have failed as we look into the mirror of god's words that's firstly what we learn here and this is why he talks about why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye whilst not seeing the the plank that is in your own eye See, Jesus' words here reveal to us the plank that is in our own eye. Does, doesn't it? Doesn't it? it? What he means is like, you know, have you ever seen that film Brief Encounter? that film Brief Encounter? She's at the railway station, and um, Rachmaninoff's playing in the background, and the steam trains are all going, oh, I've got something in my eye. I've got something in my eye. Oh, let me get that out of your eye. Say, oh, yes, please, oh, thank you very much. You know, it's a film. You know, if you get something in your eye, you want to get it out, right? And Jesus wants us to recognize, yeah, we've got something in our eye. And what it is, we should see, ah, oh, wow, what can, what can I see? As I look in the mirror, what I see, ah, I, I see I have not done this. That's what I've got in my eye. I, my failure is in my eye. I should see it. And that's going to lead me to humility toward others. It's going to lead me to treat others with more grace and patience and not quick to condemn and hate people. Many of the problems in this world, aren't they? Judgmentalism, prejudice. We, we group people together and say, they are, all, they are all horrible. If we understand this and we see this plank in our eye, our own failures, we are going to be much more gracious because we are just as bad as the worst person there is. Now, maybe not in your behavior because you dress up pretty nice. You, know, you look pretty clean and tidy this morning, all of you. You're pretty respectable. I'm talking about internally. And if you say, oh, no, but I haven't killed anybody like that, hang on, Jesus, Jesus raises the bar. And he says to you, if you hate In your heart, somebody you have committed murder. I'll say, but I haven't. I haven't committed adultery, and I haven't gone with a prostitute, and I haven't done. Uh, 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 Jesus says, if you look lustfully at someone, you've committed adultery with her. In your heart, see the plank in your own eye, my friends. You are as bad as everyone, and that's good news to know. Humbles you. Gives you a right attitude and gives you patience with others. And it moves on. But Jesus wants us to see our freedom. And the extent that you will be excited about your freedom, you see, the extent to which you celebrate and praise God. Jesus died on the cross for me to take my failure. My failure to turn the other cheek, my judgmentalism, my lack of generosity, my, all these things that I've failed in this word here to do, Jesus did them perfectly. He did all of it, and he died in my place to take all of my sin upon himself. So as I look in this mirror, I see two things. I see, yes, I'm failing, but yes, I'm I am lovely and beautiful in Christ. You are beautiful. You are are also the most beautiful thing there is. Because Jesus' perfect righteousness is given to you, friends. How righteous are you? How beautiful are you? This is my beloved son, the father said of Jesus. He says of you, church. This is my beloved son. This is my beloved children. This is my beloved bride. The, you have been given his righteousness. Justify, justified is the word. And, and, the, and Jesus wants you to know this. He sat down with these people on the plane and he said, and he taught them. And he wants you to know that you are beautiful if you've received him. And the the forgiveness and justification that comes through him. And we can all all receive that. But you've got to see your failure first. You've got to see your failure first. That's the door. The pride don't enter here. The pride don't come, come to the cross for forgiveness. The good, the people who think they're good, don't come to the cross. The people who are rich, as it were. Again, spiritually rich, puffed up, full of themselves, better than other people. I'm okay. I'm doing all right. I'll go to heaven because I'm good type people. I'm accepted by God because I'm good. No, you're not good. The doorway is failure and then you come to the beauty of the gift that comes to you through Jesus Christ. This leads us on to... Finally, then, as we look into this, we've seen in our portrait our failure. We see our beauty in Christ. But let's not forget, as we look into this, we've got a new portrait that we are to take on. We're to become like Christ. We don't just say, I'm forgiven, so forget, you know, that's it, I've got to do nothing. No, the Holy Spirit comes and lives in you, and he wants to help you to obey this word. More and more. Not passively, but actively. He wants, you, wants us, he wants, he wants me, he wants you to be actively doing the things that are described here in this text. Not so that we are saved, because I've told you, we're never going to live up to it. But he says, it's, he's the teacher. And he says, those who are taught will become like their teacher. And you've we we've got to become like our teacher, Jesus Christ, who turned the cheek, who was generous, who was forgiving for sinners. Next week we're going to be looking at how he says no tree can bear bad fruit, and no uh, tr- no good tree can bear no good tree can bear bad fruit, and no bad tree can bear good fruit. And he's going to be talking about the fruits. And Christians, we're to bear fruits, because the Holy Spirit is living in us. And the fruit is like this, love, sacrificial, Christ-like love. That's the fruit that he wants to bear in us. We're to become like our teacher. It says in Luke 6.40, as we've just been reading, the student is not above the teacher. You're not above the teacher, are you? I think we're not better than Jesus, are we? We're not thinking we know better than his word, are we? We're not thinking that we can just say, oh, his word says this, but you know, that's so out of date. No? We're, we're, he, he's our teacher, right? Yeah? We're his students, aren't we? And, and if we're Christians anyway. And, and if you're not, you're invited. You can come and learn from Jesus. He says that the student is not above his teacher. This takes some humility, guys. You've got to be like, you've got to be a student, right? Now, before our teacher. And He says, but everyone who is fully fully trained will be like the teacher. And that's what he wants us to do. Yes, see our failure. Yes, see our beauty in Christ. But now we've got to go on to be like our teacher in this world. Like Jesus. He says here, the student. Christians are students. The other word for that is what? Disciple. That's right. The word mathitos, mathitis. The Greek word student, mathitis, which is disciple you are a disciple if you're a Christian you are students and he says Jesus is our teacher this is one who provides instruction and who has authority to teach you the authority to teach me clashes against my pride sometimes doesn't it clashes against my what I want. He has the authority. He's our teacher. He wants us to be fully trained. Fully trained. And th- that word means to be put in order. It's a lovely way of putting it. If you come to the teacher, and if you are taught by him, you will be put in order. Doesn't this world need that? To be put in order. Don't you need that? Don't I need that to be put in order? If we come to Christ to learn from Him, He'll put us in order. And this idea of fully trained speaks of a process the process of sanctification. We're forgiven. Yes, we failed. Now we are beautiful and forgiven in Christ. But now he takes us on this process of becoming fully trained. And doing the text that we've been reading more and more. More and more. Day by day, the teacher is fully training us. Step by step. Interaction by interaction. Challenge by challenge. He is teaching us to turn the cheek. He's teaching us to be generous. Teaching us to overflow with mercy in the workplace when that boss or colleague insults you, and the, the idea of a slap, the idea of the, the, the turning the cheek—it's not about um, you know condoning. Well, it's not—it's not saying there should be no war. Just war is a is a um, an idea that is taught by many Christians. Most of the church, I would say, believe in just war. He's it's not, it's not talking about that. The context he's talking... And we've got to be careful of understanding the context here. He's just been speaking about being insulted for your faith. You believe in Jesus and people insult you for it. And the idea of a, of a slap... It's, a, it's to do with, as I study it anyway, it's to do with the idea of a backhanded slap. So it's not like a punch in the nose or something. We're not talking about, a, a, you know, a, like a boxer whacking you in the face. Ah, I the other cheek. It's talking about an insult, a cultural insult. A public cultural insult. And Christians, for our faith, are we prepared to be insulted? whatever the cultural insult is for you, for us. Are we prepared to stand for our faith, stand for Jesus Christ, be proud of what we believe, of whom we believe in, even if we're insulted? Are we prepared to be generous to the people at work, to our families, to people around us? Oftentimes, not even getting, not expecting a return. Not, I'm giving so I can get. We should never give so we get. We don't give to church. We don't give to God. We don't tithe so we get. We give as worship. And we give in many contexts. And this is like Jesus. You know, he's generous with us, and we become generous. As we are fully trained by our teacher, step by step by step, he wants to make us more like this portrait of Jesus Christ that we see in this mirror. So the band's going to come up now. They're around somewhere. (laughs) Going to worship Jesus. Jesus wants to teach us about our failure in these words as we look into the mirror of his word, he wants to teach us about our failure. And as we look into his word each day, he's going to show us our failure. If you look into the word of God, I'm sorry, you're going to see that you're not meeting the standards here about prayer, about generosity, about patience, about forgiving, about sharing your faith, etc. It's going to confront you As students, his word is going to confront you each day. And we're going to say, wow, I am falling short of this. Please forgive me. And he forgives you. The one who died on the cross forgives you for anything. And then he's going to help you to become more and more like Christ. Let's stand together. Let me finish with this verse. Love your enemies. Do good to them. As you go into this week. How are you in your different places God has put you? And this is really important to remember this, guys. When we're looking at this, a text of scripture like this, like turn the cheek, like giving without, etc., it's really important that you don't just be like, like philosophise and be fanciful. Like, well, hang on, if I turn the cheek, then what would happen about? No. Jesus wants you to apply this in your context, and the Holy Spirit will help you to do so. So what does it mean to turn the cheek when you're insulted for you? Not for people in that war-torn place. Not for those people in government who are making big decisions about war, etc. It's good to think about those things, of course. But Jesus wants you in the place you are. What does it mean for you to turn the cheek? What does it mean for you To be generous. What does it mean for you not to judge and condemn people? What does it mean for you each day in the place where you are? Not just some academic idea about it. The Holy Spirit will give you wisdom to be like Christ in the places you are. Because people need to see Jesus. And he wants to put that portrait on you. So you show him the one who died for sinners like you, people in your life need to see that, even if they hate you initially and insult you. If you will persevere in loving them, though they deserve nothing, they may just see Christ in you over time. So love your enemies and do good to them. Lend to them without expecting anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High. Because He is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. He's been kind to us. We're ungrateful, aren't we? We're wicked, aren't we? He's been ungr- he's been so kind to us. That's what God is our fathers like to us, so children of God. Let's be like that this week. Let's be like our Father. Let's be like our Savior. Jesus wants to teach us about our failure and freedom so that we can love those who fail us and lead them to freedom in Christ. Let's worship now.